I believe that sustainable business models are more stable in the long run as the value is more equally distributed along the chain. In today's ever-evolving world, debating whether to incorporate sustainability into your business strategy, it's, I don't believe it's any longer an option. Considering a value-driven approach when developing your business model or business strategy can be absolutely vital for the long-term success of your business. Hello and welcome to the Leader Insights series, the platform designed to uncover the secrets to both career and business success and gain real insight from inspirational figures across the food and drink industry. I'm your host, Jonathan O'Hagan, and my special guest today is Violetta Stevens, the Managing Director of Union Hanrose Coffee. So Violetta, or V to her friends, was a joy to talk with. As a leader, she's very clear on her own values and principles. And as you'll hear in this discussion, her passions lie in building sustainable, purpose-driven business models that add value to every link in the supply chain. Union Hanrose Coffee are a shining example of how business done properly is not only the right thing to do, but it's also a more resilient way to reach profitability. As an avid learner, V talks about how curiosity, routine and investing in her own self-learning has really helped in her own career journey so far. V also highlights the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. And finally, she shares her own secrets to great leadership and what skills aspiring leaders should look to develop for the future. So stay tuned and enjoy. And as always, please do drop me a review if you find this episode helpful. It really does help spread the podcast further so we can reach new listeners. I hope you enjoy this episode. V, a pleasure to talk with you. Welcome to the show. I should say it's Violetta, but V to your friends. And I, I think we're friends now. <laughs> we are indeed. Thank you. <laughs> and hopefully we still will be in 40 minutes time. Um, but no, welcome to the show. Thanks for spending some time with me. So First of all, for people who've not had the pleasure of meeting you, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey in this wonderful industry so far. Thank you, Jonathan. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. My name is Violetta. Everybody knows me as V in the coffee industry. I'm the managing director of Union Can Roasted Coffee, which is the largest specialty coffee roaster in the UK. I joined Union six years ago, uh, and what a remarkable journey it has been. (laughs) It's an absolute privilege to lead a purposeful business with a very clear mission and values. And I feel very fortunate to share this journey with the amazing Union team, or as we call ourselves, the Unionistas, a very passionate, knowledgeable and committed team. I have been in the coffee industry for over 17 years. Prior to Union, I spent over 10 years with Cafe Direct, a leading FMCG brand and a social enterprise. I'm a certified Q grader, which is a specialty coffee accreditation, very similar to sommelier in wine. I love coffee (laughs) and I'm also passionate about adding real value to people and business. Genuinely passionate about creating a more sustainable, more equitable and more just world. And I guess that's the reason why eight, nine years ago, I went back to uni uh, and I deepened my knowledge in sustainable value chain at the University of Cambridge. 
And probably fair to say that I'm the permanent student. During the pandemic, I also went back to, to uni and I did a short course with the London School of Economics. So I do believe genuinely in personal development and learning. So I guess that's that's me in short. Brilliant, brilliant. So an avid learner. And I think the other thing I picked up, V, is there's nothing, nothing you don't know about coffee worth knowing. <laughs> It seems like that's been your life, your life's work to date. What's kept you in it, V, all these years? Because I suppose the same category. Um, yeah, what keeps it interesting? What keeps it fresh for you? Yes, I would say, yes, it is my love. Coffee is my love, is my passion, for sure. Uh, what's kept me in it is, I would say, it, it is the people. My motivation always has been progress and development and uh, not for oneself but for the common good and i believe in living things better than you find them and leaving a good legacy behind you and for the next generation so connecting with people help improving lives and sharing the joy of living to be fair but what really kept me in coffee uh, the industry is, is fantastic. I believe is one of the most vibrant, connected and supportive industry, but mainly it's uh, the people at Origin, so the coffee producers. So 17 years ago, when I first went to Origin and I witnessed firsthand the hard work, the dedication, the love that goes behind each bag of coffee, the bond that I created, the deep bond that I created with the coffee producers, and fair to say, also witnessing the how the challenges of the traditional coffee market can negatively impact the lives of the coffee farmers, that motivated me to look into how I can have an impact, how I, through the businesses I work for lead, can drive change. Mm, brilliant. And I know you're very passionate about the whole kind of end-to-end sustainability piece and we'll talk about the way union does business which I'm a huge fan of the purpose-driven nature but I suppose before we get on to that looking back V what what's influenced your career the most you know what traits attributes do you think have helped you along your own personal journey so far personally I think curiosity I'm a curious person drive I believe I'm very driven taking risk having a bit of courage I think it's been really important. Routine. People who know me know that I'm a routine person too, but that uh, genuinely has helped me in my career. And investing in myself. I, as I said earlier, learning ahead of the curve, be ready when an opportunity arises and connecting with people. So I believe I'm a creative problem solver, kind of a solutions person. I love a challenge. A challenge really excites me. And I believe that over the years, I've proven that that place to my strengths. Yeah, I think these are the attributes, the skills that I've developed and I believe really, really helped me in my career. And I also uh, super important is connecting with the right people or having the right people around you. It's often something other people, you know, call out as being pivotal, surrounding yourself by the right people, you know, being able to absorb and, and, and learn just through being around other great people that you can take inspiration from. But I think there's some really good things you've said there. Curiosity, desire. I mean, clearly that desire, that curiosity, that investment, I think you said as well, investing in yourself to go back to university and during the pandemic 
to again go back that shows a great level of kind of investment in yourself which sounds like it's paid dividends what would you say has been pivotal for you v in a good or a bad way you know are there pivotal moments in your career when you look back you think that was really important could have gone either way yes absolutely the first pivotal moment was when i moved to london and i joined a large japanese multinational business there I learned a lot about how big business operates, processes, procedures, best practice, workflow, and so on and so on. And I believe the second uh, pivotal moment was when I moved from a large multinational to a social enterprise. And this was the moment when I realized a business can be a force for good and that I can make an impact. I also was very lucky to have good mentors around me, people who believed in me. And fair to say that some of the times believed in me more than I believed in myself. And they really pushed me along the way. And that's really important, isn't it, V? I suppose sometimes to have people who can believe in you because everyone has doubts, everyone has moments where they need to be lifted up. And I think the business you're referring to is Cafe Direct, which you worked with for, was it about 10 years? I believe you worked with Cafe Direct. Correct. 11 years. (laughs) 11. Brilliant. Brilliant. And just finally on this section, the best piece of career advice you've ever received? Okay. So I will probably stick to believing yourself. Have the confidence to put yourself forward. Even if you think you don't have all the skills or experience, you will learn on the job. You will learn from the experience. And also be authentic. I believe that's really important and allows you to connect with the people around you. We touched on that already, but surround yourself with great people. Build a strong team. And... Again, a repeating team, but invest in yourself. So when the opportunity arises, you're ready. And genuinely, that's been my personal experience, my personal journey to date. So just when there is an opportunity, learn. You never know when the skill will be useful. (laughs) Savi, I think you made a really good comment there. Have the confidence to put yourself forward. Do you feel sometimes people play it a bit too safe in business? You know, they don't necessarily take the risks that they perhaps should, which would get them further along in their career? Yes, I I believe a, a bit of courage is important. So yes, lots of people have self-doubt. You know, we have the imposter syndrome <laughs> and therefore it's very important that you have the right people around you and you surround yourself with great people because they're the ones that can give you the confidence and really push you forward a little bit. I think we we need to have a little bit more courage and also take a bit of risk. Uh, I believe people are very risk averse these days and don't want to generalize, of course, but I think a little bit of courage, a little bit of risk taking is quite important if you want to progress in your career and and develop on a personal and professional level. Yeah. It often comes back to comfort zone, I think, Fee, doesn't it? You know, are you prepared to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable in order to do things that maybe other people wouldn't be prepared to do and therefore potentially reap the rewards. I think it's something that everyone has their moments of, like say, imposter syndrome, bit of self-doubt. But actually, what you said there is so true. If you surround yourself by the right people who can go on that journey with you or help you a little bit, I think that's really good advice, really good advice. 
Now, before I go to my next question, I wanted to remind you about the brand new charitable initiative we launched in 2022 called the Mentors Club. The purpose of the Mentors Club is to raise money for charity whilst facilitating the introduction to inspirational industry leaders for quick advice and mentorship. Think executive coaching meets speed dating. It's a 100% for charity initiative with three wonderful beneficiaries, including the Magic Breakfast, Macmillan and RMHC. We've got a panel of 10 superb mentors you can get access to, including Andrew Selly, the CEO of Bid Food, Sue Garfit, the CEO of Alpro, and Julia Darville, the UK MD of Puratos, plus many, many more. Think of it this way. If you're working through a challenge at work, or you're at a career crossroads and you'd be keen to get inspirational advice from industry proven leaders, then this is for you. Likewise, if you're already operating at C-suite level and you're looking for a great networking opportunity to connect with other like-minded leaders, then this is for you. To find out more and support the initiative and check out our amazing panel of mentors, then simply go to leaderexecutive.com forward slash the mentors club. Thank you for your support. Let's move on to Union, a business that I'm a big fan of. I'm a customer as well, so I love the product. I'm getting better at making a good cup of coffee as well, V. But yeah, for anyone not familiar with Union, tell us a bit about the business. Give us an introduction. Of course. No, thank you. I'm very excited that you love our, what we do and love the coffee. So Union was founded in 2001 by Stephen McAtony and Jeremy Thorts. In the 1990s, they went to the buzzing San Francisco where they discovered the artisan coffee scene, they, which was not existent at the time in the UK. So they decided to bring the West Coast culture back to London. They left their day-to-day jobs and started roasting coffee in their parents' garden shed. And a few years later, having learned a bit more about coffee sourcing and witness firsthand the devastating impact low coffee prices have on the coffee producers, they set our award-winning sourcing initiative, which is called Union Direct Trade. So Union was born out of purpose and 20 years later, we are still a mission-driven business. Our mission is uh, to make the world discover the joy of great coffee. From farmers all the way to coffee lovers, we enrich life through relentless focus on great quality and sustainable sourcing and of course sharing the culture of specialty coffee. We have over 20 years of expertise in all aspects of specialty coffee with full visibility and control along the supply chain. We only source well we only source specialty grade Arabica coffee. We source from over 40 producer organizations across 14 countries via our sourcing initiative, uh, Union Direct Trade. Our coffee is uh, roasted in small batches in our East London roastery by our professional roast masters. It's always fresh. And of course, we help our customers and consumers discover the joy of specialty coffee. We provide the highest quality of coffee as well as the best possible care, support, education, training for everyone, for all coffee lovers in home and out of home. Brilliant. And V, tell us a little bit about 
well, tell us more about union, the union direct trade, because I think that'll be interesting for people to learn more about that, how it works in terms of the impact with the farmers that you work with, where you source the products from. Yes. Yeah, so union direct trade, it's at the center of everything we do. So as I said, we source all of our coffee directly from our coffee partners at Origin. We, through union direct trade, we positively impact the lives of over 65,000 producer farmers. What our promise is, is that we know where each uh, bean of coffee comes from. We visit our producer partners on a regular basis. As, as we discussed earlier, I just came back from one of those trips. We visited our partners in Guatemala and Honduras. It was the first trip post-COVID. It was very exciting to re-engage with our partners to discuss challenges, opportunities face-to-face. So it is like a family for us. But through Union Direct Trade, we ensure uh, traceability, full traceability, full transparency. We ensure fair pricing for the green coffee. It is all about long-term relationships and ensuring that uh, we are there for our partners year after year. We also offer to our consumers and customers exciting coffee gems, so-called micro-lots. It's all based on our code of conduct. So as part of Union Direct Trade, we have a code of conduct which ensures due diligence in terms of environmental impact, social impact, and of course, business impact. We work with our producer partners at Origin to ensure they, of course, first understand the principles on which Union Direct Trade works and help them of course, align their working practices with the, with those. So it is about continuous improvement. It is very much focused on continuous improvement and we will support our partners at Origin in the specific areas they need. Mm, sounds like an amazing model. Um, what, what does the future look like for Union then, V? What are the sort of the, when we talk about dreaming big, yeah, what's the future look like? The future, we, we like to say it's a future where people, where everyone from farmers to coffee lovers share the joy of great coffee. <laughs> so the future is about planning to continue to grow together. And I want to emphasize on together with everyone who the business touches. It is about continuing to invest in people here in the UK and, of course, you know, people at the origin. And it is about staying at the forefront of sustainable business. Mm. Which I know we'll talk about and it's something you're really passionate about as well. And you mentioned there about investing in people. So as the MD V sort of steering this sustainable ship, if I can refer to it that way. What's on your priority list as the MD right now? What bits are you really focused on at the moment? Well, it's fair to say that at the moment we are rebuilding our business post-COVID, especially the out-of-home channel. So the channel that uh, suffered the most in the last two to three years. So this is restaurants, offices, independent coffee shop and so on and so on. We are investing in the back of house operation. So looking into additional capacity and efficiencies. 
Uh, as we speak, we are implementing a new ERP system, so internal system that connects the whole business, and this should allow us to streamline our processes, gain efficiencies, and of course, rep- improve our reporting. As I said, we are committed to stay at the forefront of sustainable business. We just passed our ISO 14001 audit, and this uh, means implementing an environmental management system across the business. We also planning to join the B Corp community and currently going through the verification stage. And when it comes to people within the business, we have about 80 unionists working in union. And of course, it is very much about support people on their personal and professional development and staying together as a team as well. Yeah. So. Well, I had the pleasure of speaking to one of your colleagues a few weeks ago. I won't, I won't mention her name or embarrass her, but she was pretty clear that it was one of the best businesses she'd ever worked for, the culture, the leadership. It seems like you're doing a lot of things right, V, internally by your people, which is great to hear. Well, thank you. That's great to hear too. (laughs) Fantastic. No, we have a fantastic team. As I said, very fortunate to share this journey with the amazing team here. Extremely passionate about what we do, extremely knowledgeable about coffee, and committed to the mission that union has. We have very strong values within the business. I want to believe that they're well embedded within the business, but yes, we do have strong values and I believe we work based on those values. So everybody's very clear of where we're going. And I, I, I tend not to ask too many questions around COVID these days, V, because I think it's a period in time that everyone's keen to put behind us. But I'll blame it on you. You mentioned it first. So <laughs> sorry. Let me <laughs> let me ask, how how was COVID? How did you guys do? Was it a um obviously you mentioned it was a tough time from an out of home perspective, but as a business as a whole, how did you guys fare through that whole pandemic? period. Well, thanks for mentioning, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we genuinely try to move on, but it was challenging. Of course, it was challenging because we had to ensure that we keep the team safe, priority number one, and of course, keep the business afloat. So it's trying to marry these two challenges. We lost overnight, over the weekend, a big part of our business, as I said, when uh, hospitality had to close. But at the same time, we saw an increased demand in our, in our direct-to-consumer channel. So this is basically freshly roasted coffee delivered through the letterbox. And we had to make sure that we deliver against that. Of course, grocery as well. The demand from our grocery partners increased as well. Everybody was working from home. People had a lot more time to learn about coffee, to learn how to brew coffee. And they didn't want to sacrifice, you know, working from home, they didn't want to sacrifice on the quality of their coffee. So that was fantastic. And I think the last two years, despite the fact that they were very challenging, they also were very rewarding in a way that they allowed us to connect directly with a lot more consumers and share our passion, knowledge and expertise in coffee. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot. What I've learned is uh, it's very important to have the ability to adapt. And I think the ones they adapted survived, (laughs) as always. We were very quick to adapt. Our channel mix changed very significantly from pre-COVID times. 
but we were able to deliver against this increased demand and come out at the other end with um, even stronger business. Well, a few business leaders have said that as well, V, that look, we'd, we'd never want to repeat the shock and the impact that COVID brought and the pandemic brought, but actually reflecting back, and I, I don't know if this is the way you see it, but having a slightly more resilient business, the, the channel mix you talk about being different, you know, actually, would those changes have taken place without the pandemic? Possibly not, I don't know. And therefore, you almost look back at it and think, well, actually, yeah, we're a better business as a result of going through it. How do you feel about it looking back at that period? Because I guess the direct-to-consumer part of your business must be doing really well. Yes, indeed. I mean, in our case, to be fair, we our strategy was always to develop further our direct-to-consumer channel. Uh, COVID just allowed us to accelerate on our strategy <laughs> a bit a bit faster. But at the same time, we are very excited now to be able to rebuild our out-of-home channel because this is the bread and butter for Union, reconnecting with our customers out there and really try and support the hospitality sector to rebound post-COVID. This is priority and it's uh, very important for us. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Now, before I go to my next question, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Obvious Candidate. Obvious Candidate was founded by Sam Waterfall, aka London's Global Career Coach. And I'm delighted to collaborate with Sam as he has a truly unique approach to helping you get the job you really want. Having begun his own career in brand management at Procter & Gamble, Sam understands marketing. And he's the only career coach I ever recommend. Why? Well, simply because he gets results. As the founder of Obvious Candidate, Sam has 18 years experience in helping people to position themselves as the number one Obvious Candidate, head and shoulders above the competition. He successfully worked with people who've gone on to land jobs with the International Olympic Committee, the World Economic Forum, Nike, Amazon, Virgin, Red Bull Racing, Rolls-Royce to name just a few. Essentially, if your job search is taking too long or you're struggling to get the job offers you really want, then Sam is your man. Now, Sam and I have put together an exclusive offer for you, the listeners, where he's prepared to offer you for free a video introduction to his amazing precision networking method. And he'll also give you, again, for free, a copy of his Dream 30 networking tracker. This helps you to organize, structure, and guide your approach to effective networking. I've seen it, it's superb, and it is a proven strategy that gets results. To reach out to Sam and take advantage, simply go to www.obviouscandidate.com forward slash leader. Do it today. You won't regret it. Your next big job is waiting for you. Now, moving the conversation on to leadership, and we'll talk about sustainability as well in a moment. Uh, couldn't pass up the opportunity, V, to ask you, you know, from your perspective, what does good leadership look look like when we think about behaviours, traits, attributes? Well, I believe good leadership should provide direction, inspiration and guidance. A good leader should have a commitment, resilience, adaptability, courage, integrity, influence, for sure. Humility may be a strange one, but... I think it's key to remember that you're an integral part of the success and not the sole source. 
And leadership is also about empathy. It is about having the ability to relate to and connect with people, being present, being there for your team, being there to listen when you have to. Yeah, some really valid points there. I suppose empathy is a key one, isn't it? We've needed more empathy than ever before, I think. V, both uh, perhaps inside work and outside with everything going on around the world over the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, I guess everything you've sort of touched upon there, it leads to trust, doesn't it? You know, and I guess trust is is probably one of the key things that leaders are searching for more of. You could probably never have enough trust, arguably. What are the, when we think about people who aspire to be leaders of tomorrow, V, what type of skills would you encourage that they start developing now? I guess it's some of these things you've said around people categorise them as soft skills, don't they? But empathy, humility, are these the skills that you feel in tomorrow's world are going to be even more in demand for leaders? Totally agree. I believe they will be. I think they will be. The people skills will be very important for the future leaders. But also, as I said before, I think courage is really important. Passion. I mean, you need to be passionate about what what you do to be authentic and for people to trust you and to believe in you. So courage, passion, resilience. I think resilience also will be a key attribute for future, future leaders. From personal experience, I think the ability to delegate is very important as well. And, of course, knowledge and, of course, networking. I believe those are also very important key attributes for future leaders. Well said, well said. In terms of sustainability, V, I know it's something you're you're very passionate about. Why is building a sustainable business important to, you know, this end-to-end sustainable supply chain? Talk us through why you feel it's a really important thing for business to do. I believe that sustainable business models are more stable in the long run as the value is more equally distributed along the chain. In today's ever-evolving world, debating whether to incorporate sustainability into your business strategy, it's, I don't believe it's any longer an option. Considering a value-driven approach when developing your business model or business strategy can be absolutely vital for the long-term success of your business. And sustainability doesn't mean putting success on the back burner. (laughs) Instead, it has become a, a crucial element to any business strategy, I believe, a successful strategy. I believe that you can't use business to do good in the world if you're not doing well as a business. And that is very important for me. So I'm not talking about a charity. Uh, We're still talking about business. So you have to do well as a business to be able to have a positive impact on people and planet. So doing well and doing good are intertwined and successful business strategy should include both. Well, I can see why the B Corp movement would catch your eye, V, from the people I know who are part of that movement. It's all about how you do business. Yes, it's about making profit, of course. Like you say, it's that sort of triple bottom line approach. You've got to be profitable, but the way you get to it, I think, is more important now than ever before. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And touching on B Corp, I've been saying to the team here that we've always behaved like a B Corp, but it's 
good for us to have this third party verification if you want to confirm it. One more time, uh, we have won numerous accolades over the years, but I think it will be inspiring for the team internally and of course for our customers and consumers. Yeah, definitely. Well, other business leaders have said to me, V, and I don't know whether you recognise this, but it's not only customers that respond well to businesses behaving and doing business in the right way, but suppliers now, it's almost a prerequisite of the people that they will deal with. Not entirely sure whether resellers are the same, but do you know what I mean? It's almost, a, it's not just about customers anymore. It's also the suppliers that will deal with you. There's been a bit of a shift. Are you finding that as well, that by having a slightly more sustainable, you know, this triple bottom line approach to business, that it's been positive in a number of different ways, whether it's people, suppliers, customers? Absolutely. I believe that sustainable business should genuinely look into how more equitably to distribute, as I said, the value along the chain. It shouldn't be just about driving shareholder value, but driving shareholder value, but also value for all stakeholders um, in the value chain. And just an example, I think a traditional supply chain, especially an agricultural supply chain, used to look like all of the risk <laughs> stays with the farmers and all of the value, most of the value will stay with the brand or with, with the business. And what we are trying to do is really push more value towards the farmers and take some of the risk. But ultimately, I believe that that creates a more stable value chain and more stable supply chain for the long run. And sustainability plays in the long run. You cannot take a short-term approach. You cannot think only about tomorrow. You really need to think and plan for the long run. So absolutely, suppliers are absolutely key and they really have to be considered as a key part of the uh, value chain. In terms of this profit, I suppose, quest fee, clearly all businesses have to be profitable. What's been the biggest challenge of trying to create this really sustainable business model, but still arriving at profit? What have been some of the hurdles and challenges that you've, uh, you've faced along the way? Well, I believe one of the biggest challenges is how to gain competitive advantage <laughs> while trying to obviously, you know, help resolve some social and environmental issues how to entice the customer to pay extra for goods which inevitably will cost a bit more. And it's really how to tell the story, how to engage with the consumer in a way that they're willing to change their consumption habits in a way, you know, to but at the same time to lessen their, let's say, environmental impact or improve, you know, their social impact. So, Saying that, though, I believe that there is genuinely a growing market for a more sustainable products and services. I think the consumers are genuinely becoming a lot more aware about traceability, provenance and, yeah, impact. So I think that's a positive for sure. It's a trend that we've witnessed in the last, probably more prominently in the last two to five years. It helps to have a fantastic product as well, doesn't it? For sure, for, for sure, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. And, and some of the other challenges, I believe, you know, uh, creating a 
sustainable business models, as, as I said earlier, it, uh, very much linked to that shift from short-term gains and short-term KPIs to long-term planning and just long-term goals. Because I yeah, genuinely believe that sustainability only plays in, not only, but mainly plays in the long term. You have to take a long term approach and you really have to see how to balance better shareholder and stakeholder value. I think that is a key challenge. Yes, you need to be a business, you need to deliver, but you need to balance that value uh, between shareholder value and stakeholder value. Well said. Just finally then, V, before I let you go, I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you, if this is okay. Um, first of all, work-life balance, do you have one? And do you have any advice for anyone who hasn't? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm a very routine person. As I said at the beginning, I wake up at the same time every morning. I'm an early riser. I have a practice. I'm a yoga teacher, by the way. I graduated many years ago, I'm talking 20 years ago. I used to run yoga classes here in Union uh, a few years ago before COVID, just kind of to keep my practice, but also to share that with the Union team. So I have my morning practice. I will then have my coffee, read my emails, and then go to the to the roastery. So that's really helpful. I find it's really helpful. And then I have a 15-year-old son. Uh, so having a teenager in the house is definitely interesting. We are all learning <laughs> at the moment. So I'm trying to spend as much time as he allows me <laughs> with him as well. And I have lots of friends. I have lots of very interesting friends. And I love the arts. I try and go out and enjoy London, really. Uh, everything that London offers. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. It sounds like the start of your day, V, tees you up for a really productive day. Yes, it really works for me. This is my me time. So everybody else is sleeping and this is the most productive couple of hours in the day personally for me. Yeah, brilliant. Um, book recommendation. Any particular books that you would recommend, V? Okay, so well, I love Brené Brown. I'm sure you you know you know of her. Oh yes, I love Dare to Lead. I think that was one of the books that I really really enjoyed. I listen a lot to podcasts. I drive to work every day, and this is again my personal development time, my me time. So I do listen to a lot of podcasts, and I listen a lot to Brendan Bouchard. Uh, you probably heard of him, The High Performance oh, yeah. Habits. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting book. It's also kind of a daily diary that he offers and it really helps, well, help me focus and prioritize on a personal level and on a professional level. Good to great, of course. Yes, Jim Collins. Oh, yes, indeed. Jim Collins. And probably, yeah. if I need to add one more, which is slightly slightly different, is The Journey Home by Ratkanath Swami. Very interesting read. Can I recommend that? Okay. I've not heard of that one. I'll make a note. Brilliant. Yeah, Brene Brown, I'm a big fan of. I think she's got a, a podcast on Spotify, I believe, which is really good. Yeah. Final question, V, before I let you go. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self in terms of career advice? Okay. So believe in yourself. Follow your instincts. Keep learning and developing and surround yourself with great people. Brilliant. 
I think that's really well said. Great. Well, listen, V, thank you so much for investing some time with me today. You've said some brilliant things there, some great takeaways for, for the listeners. I wish you all the best with uh, with Union and the future. I'm going to keep being a customer as long as you keep making fantastic coffee. And I'll keep in touch and we'll speak again very, very soon. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, V. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this episode valuable. Don't forget to subscribe so you get notified about all future episodes. I'm working really hard to keep bringing you inspirational leaders from the food and drink industry that we can all learn from. And if you're feeling generous, please drop us a review. It really helps spread the podcast far and wide. And finally, as you've probably noticed, my passion is to help businesses thrive through the power of people. Like the very best leaders of today, I understand how creating purpose-led cultures with high levels of trust and employee engagement leads to successful financial performance. Back in 2011, I founded Leader Executive to help companies outperform the market by focusing on the human element of their business, their people. As a well-respected talent solutions partner, we collaborate with food and drink businesses across our four business pillars, design, hire, develop, inspire. To find out more about how we can help you outperform your competition by focusing on the human element of your business, then reach out to me on john at leaderexecutivesearch.com. I'd be delighted to hear from you. Until next time on the Leader Insight Series podcast, take care.